We find and chronicle the aviation stories of aviators around the world who are making a difference in empowering the next generation. I am your host, Colin. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Avgeek Chronicles podcast. So happy you could listen in today, and I really appreciate because today we got something special. Yes, last episode I promised that I was going to be releasing uh, an episode. Um, you're not going to be hearing from me, but you're going to be hearing from another podcast. Yes, I was a guest on the Marketing at 30,000 Feet uh, live show, podcast, whatever you want to name it. Um, it's Marketing at 30,000 Feet with, uh, with Chris and Doug. Uh, Chris runs Offland Media, does a lot of things uh, in the uh, aviation world uh, in regards to, to media, video, and uh, social media for brands uh, and small businesses. Uh, and then Doug uh, is another entrepreneur, and they've kind of come together to talk about, you know, consulting business strategies uh, and how that intersects in aviation aviation and just small business or medium-sized business in general. Uh, so two incredible gentlemen. Um, and today I'm super stoked to bring you, um, that episode, but thank you for joining today. Um, hope everybody's year is off to a good start. Yes. 2021. We're hoping it's different than 2020. Yes. We want it to be very different. Um, but (laughs) jokes aside, uh, I hope everyone's feeling good. I hope no one's sick. Uh, recently got my first vaccine dose, which was big news um, for me and my job and how I travel. Um, quite frankly, you know, I, I didn't expect to get in front of the line like I did. I uh, don't know how. Um, I just followed the rules and signed up and lo and behold, I got a call. Um, but with my job and the travel I do, when they called me and said, hey, it's your time, I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea to get it because, you know, who knows what happens in uh, the aviation travel world uh, and wherever you got to go, you know, whether it's across the border or domestically, you know, what they're going to make. So I made the personal decision, got that vaccine dose, um, and it wasn't too bad. About 24 hours after, um, felt a little bit weird, but not anymore. And I feel normal back in the gym, back traveling, uh, back to having fun. So all good things. But anyways, enough about me, guys. Uh, I want to get into today's episode. So here is my episode with Chris and Doug and the Marketing at 30,000 Feet podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. Good morning, good day, good afternoon. It is Wednesday, January 20th. And today we are going to answer the age-old debate question of who's a better pilot, helicopter pilots or airplane pilots? I've got a special guest, Colin Hodges, on today. Um, we're going to talk all things, airplanes, helicopters, sales, marketing, and personal branding. You'll want to stay tuned and watch today's show. Colin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. Awesome. Doug, how are you, sir? I am doing awesome. I'm excited for today's episode. I get to watch you two duke it out and take a passenger seat, literally, (laughs) while you two chat about it. I think you'll be surprised. I don't think there's going to be that much duking. Yeah, I I think Colin and I might be on the same page about, uh, about things. So, today, today's show, we've got a special guest, Colin Hodges. He is the 
I guess you are now the Mountain and Midwest sales rep for for Bell. Is that the, the official title? I'm the Bell 505 sales manager for the Mountain and Midwest region. So I cover one aircraft, 13 states, um, and it's a blast, man. These these customers are so fun. Well, again, you know, I've got a soft spot for helicopters. Um, that's right, where I cut my teeth. But I, I want to get into this because I think this is fun. We always we always see the memes and the battles back and forth between airplane pilots and helicopter pilots. Colin, where do you stand? Because I know you do both. You're, you're a private pilot on on your, your own airplane and all that stuff too, but you get to be around these amazing aircraft of the Bell helicopters, the 505 in particular. What's your what's your take on helicopter pilots versus airplane pilots? You know, I don't think my fixed-wing friends are going to appreciate what I'm about <laughs> to say, but from a skill set level and just from mental toughness and mental preparation in flight, I really do think that it takes a special breed to become a helicopter pilot. It's it's not an easy skill. I compared, you know, when I got my fixed wing rating, I compared it to like riding a bike, right? I mean, it's yeah. just something that you pick up in the first 10 to 12 hours, and then you're just continuing getting better and better and better. And then it just clicks like that, you yeah. know. But on the helicopter side, I'm, you know, at almost 16 hours trying to build build up my time to get my rating on that side. It is a special skill. It uses a different section of your brain. Um, I mean, you got to you got to have a full noggin up there um, <laughs> to be able to handle the helicopter because it is in an airplane. When you're up in the air, you can just I mean, it'll fly itself. It really will. Um, if you trim everything out right, I mean, you can sit there hands off and it'll pretty much fly itself. But unfortunately, with a helicopter, it's just not that way unless you have an autopilot. Um, so it just takes a different skill set. Um, and, you know, I, I think you have people that swear by airplanes and well, if I ever get into an emergency, it's going to be way easier for me to get down than a helicopter. But quite frankly, I've been in an auto rotation and I know what it's like. And sometimes of me, I'm like, I don't know which one I'd want to be a part of, you know, I go back and forth, but from a skill set level in the requirements, you know, to become a helicopter pilot, I would say they're a little bit harder and those pilots are a little bit more skillful than, say, fixed-wing pilots. That's just my opinion. I've been on both sides. I've experienced both sides, so I feel I can have that opinion. Um, but I know the thousands of pilots out there probably will disagree with me. <laughs> no, I love it. And, you know, you have no argument from me. It's. I, I think flying a helicopter, again, is there, there's something special. Um, you know, I, it was funny. Like, in, back in flight school in the Army, we wrote on, you know, after we graduated, and, you know, once everybody was off doing their things, you know, we'd, we realized, you know, like the, the magic hover button, you know, like the, that, that when you get that touch and you figure out what to do, I mean, but that's really just the, the start of stuff. Like you said, planes, it just kind of clicks and you build time and you get better, but helicopters, every flight is, is different every time. And it's just incredible. I, I really miss flying helicopters and we got to get together. I, I need to go rip around in a bell. It's been a while since I've, I've been in a bell <laughs> helicopter. So, uh, Doug, what are, what are your thoughts? I have a question. Is it the Osprey that's the hybrid? Yeah, the that tilt is, rotor? That's correct. Yeah, the, Os the Osprey. So that one, yeah. does that mean they're just like another level because they have to learn both and perfect both? Yeah, question. I mean, I'll, I'll let Chris, Chris talk on that, but yeah, the vast majority of them do learn on both platforms. Yeah, they, they do learn on both platforms. Um, you know, again, I've, I don't have any experience with Ospreys other than watching them play over my head. Um, incredibly powerful aircraft. You know, the R&D that had to go in that was was absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I think those pilots, 
yeah, they, they get like the best of both worlds uh, with the skills because, you know, once they get up to whatever altitude they need and they get into to forward flight, it's, it's pretty amazing what that thing does. That is crazy. I'll be honest with you, listening to you talk, though, <laughs> I'm just glad I'm a passenger. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into let's get into today's talk now that we've settled that debate again. If you um, if you have any counter arguments to helicopter pilots versus airplane pilots, please put the, the comments in the section below and uh, happy to hear those uh, cases for or against why Colin and I think helicopter pilots are better. So maybe a little biased, but you know, love to hear your thoughts, but let's, let's get into all things, social media, personal branding, because again, you came, you started off in the marketing world and now you've transitioned in the sales world, Colin, and everything you're doing online, you've got a podcast, you've got all this other stuff that's kind of on the side that's, that's, that's personal and professional. Cause again, let, let's be honest again, this whole, everything you're doing is building up your, your platform of who you are and what you stand for. Um, how have you seen like the internet? really evolve over the last few years and into where we are today with, with the internet, how, how that enables and helps you facilitate having conversations or introducing products or ideas to, to people across the world and to your audience. Yeah. You know, I, I look at this in two parts, right? The internet has, even in the last two to four years, the internet has evolved so much. There's really the way I see it. There's two pieces of the internet. There's the negative side of the internet and there's the super positive side of the internet. And if you sit on the super positive side of the internet and what it's capable of and what these platforms can do and who they can connect you with, there's so much potential that you that you can do for yourself. I mean, they're all free, which unfortunately has some good and bad pieces to it, as we all know and are experiencing. But but that's the thing, right? I mean, they're free platforms. There's no God-given right, you know, to be able to use these. And at any time, they can be gone. I mean, if Instagram is gone tomorrow. I hope it's not. I love it because I love photography and that's why I'm so attached to it. Um, but, you know, I have a Twitter account. You know, I keep that very strict professionally, only my family and my hobbies. Um, you know, I have a LinkedIn account that I try to connect with people. Um, I started on the new Clubhouse. I'm still a, I'm still new into Clubhouse. Don't really know what it's all about. But, you know, I was on Vero and I, I try all these different platforms because I know it's the end of the day, they're all free and one can be gone at one point or one could take over the other. So if you really want to build your personal brand and really tell people out in the world what you stand for and what you do, you know, you got to stay on that positive side, uh, positive side of the Internet. And as I've experienced, if you just show who you are and what you like to do. And that's what you talk about. I mean, because it just comes so naturally out to you. You're not really trying the amount of people that you can attract is it's infinite. I mean, it really, really is. Um, and as I experienced on my podcast, you know, my podcast started as a way to document my flight training. You know, it started with me talking into my phone and ventured into a full fledged production, which is super, super easy. And people think podcasting is hard. I mean, you guys do it yourself. It's really not that difficult. You got to put in the 20 minutes to produce something <laughs> and sit there for 30 minutes and record it. It's not difficult. It's like having a normal conversation at the bar, you know? So people have the negative stigma. I sit on the positive stigma of what the internet can do and who it can connect you with and the opportunities that it can bring. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to use it the right way. And you have to use all the tools differently. You can't use each tool the same. I I love that you you said that. And 
in a way, again, like this is the natural evolution of, of communication. You said like, you know, this is no different from having a, a, a conversation at the bar or, you know, again, now that we don't have events and trade shows, you know, that we were typically used to. I mean, this is how people figure out who you are, how they develop some sort of rapport with you, you know, figure out, you know, is this person somebody that I'm going to like dealing with or talking with? You know, is this company going to be something that I that can fit into my life and benefit me or, or my company? Like, that's those conversations because I think up until that point, again, you know, in particular, our industry was was pretty analog. You know, they waited on these events and trade shows to to try and have these conversations or get leads or try and close deals. And, you know, aside from maybe traditional phone calls, maybe some email and, and um, analog marketing, I mean, that that was really the extent of conversations. Whereas we know because of the internet, like you had mentioned, like we can have these conversations ongoing all day, every day. And really it's at the convenience of the consumer. You know, they'll find your stuff, they'll save it. It's it's just such a, an awesome, convenient way to again, to kind of build these relationships. And you said your ability to attract audiences is infinite. And I think that is the potential and the positive side, which is which is so awesome that you mentioned. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, for you to be successful at social and be able to meet, you know, build those connections with folks, you have to be the same person on social media that you are in real life. I mean, at the end of the day, that's how you continue on with any goal you have if you're trying to use social media for that reason. But the problem is, is if people use it and they're not the same person, they're going to get weeded out so fast. And I think it's going to hurt them even harder than, you know, word of mouth opinion. Because if somebody has an opinion of me today, they can go on social media and look at, you know, look at what I do, look at my family, look at what I stand for. And they're like, oh, well, maybe that's not true. And then they meet me in person and it takes 10 minutes to figure out who you really are. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people flossing out there in the world today. And if you're trying to. <laughs> If you're trying to make real, real connections with people, you got to be the same person on social that you are in real life. Uh, well, I think that's the beauty of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like once you do, let's say, you know, 15, 20 episodes, your true colors always have to come through. Like you can only fake it but so long. So creating like a podcast and getting your true voice out there. And I love that you chose to take the positive spin that's such a piece of leverage for people. Like you said, when they come up to you, they, it's almost like they've already talked to you. They've already known you. Have you had that happen, Colin, where you, you run into someone's like, oh, I feel like I've met you before. I feel like I know you. You know, it was so funny that that exact thing happened probably, I would say a year and a half ago. This was more towards when I started my podcast first. Um, I would say it was kind of in that 50% infancy still. Um, so it wasn't what I would call my full production just yet, but I was pulling in with my wife to an FBO here in Fort Worth. Uh, we were returning a plane and one of the line linemen came out and he looked at me, he said, Hey, you're the, the one that has that podcast, right? And I said, yeah, that's me. You go, you listen to it? Like, that's crazy. He <laughs> goes, yeah, I've listened to every episode so far. I'm actually in the process of doing my training here in Fort Worth as well. And it just kind of keeps me going and you've thrown some decent, you know, tips here and there, but it's kind of nice to see somebody real life going through the same thing that I'm going through. And I said, Hey, that's awesome. And now over social media, we stay connected. Um, I think he's got his license now. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, it's the podcast really helps bring out that true self in you because you're using your voice. You can hear it's amazing through the voice, how, you know, genuine you can hear somebody. Um, 
and that's why I think voices, especially now, voices are going to absolutely take off. You know, I sort of feel like I took advantage of it, but in that podcast and learning, you know, there's actually real people listening out there. I actually took a year break for my podcast. I'm in the process of starting it back up. I had my son, I got a new job. We were doing work on my house. There were just more priorities. So I didn't quit. I kept it up, um, but I needed to take a little break. Well, in that one year break, I saw my listenership just explode. I hadn't released an episode in what, almost 30, no, it's about, yeah, it's about 12 months now. Um, and I'm almost to 20K downloads on it. And I didn't really even think twice about it. I'm like, oh my Lord, this is weird. I literally popped it up after 12 months. And so if you're genuine, you have that, you know, that genuine voice between your podcast and all your social media accounts, and they're all the same, people are going to start listening and following to you. And I don't, you know, I, I don't claim to be a professional at anything. I'm just telling people my passions. I, I love the, the authenticity part is 100% true. And as you mentioned, again, like for, for companies or, or people out there that are trying to do their personal brand, again, your representation of, you know, when you're in front of, in front of a client, you know, whether it's a dinner or whatever, it has to be the same thing online. You have to have that brand cohesiveness. And if you're not authentic, if you're not genuine, again, as Colin had mentioned, like you're going to get outed really, really quickly. And the other beauty thing of doing content, doing content well online and on social media for building that personal brand is that content lives indefinitely, especially if it's good content. Colin, you just mentioned that, you know, you haven't touched your podcast in 12 months and your viewership exploded because that content continued to live out there and more and more people found it engaging and entertaining. And now, you know, people are, you have a captive audience, you know, that you could keep driving forward with. So there's so many golden nugget bombs that that just were, was dropped there. And for those that are just tuning in, we've got Colin Hodges with us, 505 Bell sales rep um, for the Mountain and Midwest regions. And we're talking in all things power, personal branding, social media, marketing, and the internet. Um, I, I want to transition over to, aside from kind of the, the personal brand side, Colin, you know, when you, when you think of how business and communication has evolved and, you know, particularly because of, of COVID where, you know, in-person things are, are really a thing of the past at this moment, you know, hopefully they all go back to, to getting back to that. But right now, everybody's been so conditioned to these Zoom meetings or virtual meetings, right? How do you think with, you had mentioned a little bit of a voice, but video, how much do you think of an impact is digital communications, digital marketing going to impact the way we do business going forward? Oh, I think it's huge, you know, and I, I've been on both sides of the business. I'm on the sales side now and I've been on the marketing side. And, you know, I think it was really easy for marketing departments prior pandemic to really kind of sit in the background, you know, and just do their normal day-to-day -day work and which helped the business ultimately. Sure. But now where this, you know, where the world is going, it, it's just, changing and marketing now has to take a bigger step up and really help the business you know in my world in you know aviation sales and specifically helicopter sales the in-person meeting is still very very important mm -hmm. i wouldn't trade an in-person meeting over a webinar for anything yep um there's definitely more power to that and in this business when a customer is going to fork over that much money for an aircraft there's going to be some expectation that there's going to be meetings in real life but what you can do to supplement that with, you know, with all these different types of media that come from marketing, marketing's got to take that bigger role and, and really lift brands up by being able to do that. Because 
us in sales, we don't have that capability and we're going to have to rely on marketing to ultimately do that for us. One of the things I find interesting is it's rare that we get somebody that's sat on both sides of the fence, both in sales and marketing. Where do you believe that that gap is going to be bridged and how does personal branding play a part in that? You know, I think the gap is going to be made by trust. I don't know if it's it has anything to do with either side liking or disliking each other. Um, you know, I've been on both sides, so I trust, even in my own company, I trust my marketing department because I know every single one of them. And I'll reach out and rely on them to do certain things for me. Um, but you get folks who have been in this business so long and have been successful doing the things that they've been doing. And so sometimes you think you don't need marketing. Well, I, I st even pandemic-wise, I can do this myself. It's still working. But the world is still changing, and you need to rely on marketing to be able to do what they do because they are very, you know, very important to, to all business, whether that's my business, your guys' business, any OEM, you name it. You know, the brands that are going to make the most impact in the years coming are the brands and OEMs who put that trust in their marketing department to be able to start doing that work for you because they can make my job a lot easy by putting out solid content. And I can say at Bell over the last 12 months, the marketing and our communications department, you know, it, there was always that battle between the two departments, but they're working so well together now and they're putting out some really, really cool content that I think a lot of customers, especially our OEM customers are really enjoying. And quite frankly, it's stuff that our other OEMs aren't doing. How much, you, what's your opinion on cross-training salespeople with marketing? and then marketing people with the sales process? Great question, Doug. That is a good question. You know, I would say from the sales side, it's more along the lines of here's marketing and here's what they can do for you. The other way around from marketing, I think it would benefit a lot of people in marketing to understand the sales process while also meeting and understanding the customer buying journey. Because every customer is so different. It's strange. You can't and this was a challenge when I was on the marketing side, you know, it's so hard to put a cookie cutter customer journey together because everyone is so different. You know, my one customer in Utah is so different than my one customer in Arizona or my one customer in Wisconsin. There's no, I mean, you literally have to set a buying journey per customer, which is impossible. Um, but you know, if marketing understands who these people are and how they buy, it can help them better utilize those tools and then teach me, the salesperson, well, here's my plethora, you know, my laundry list of tools that I can use to help you in your sales goals. You just touched on something, I think, especially when it comes to B2B, that so many companies miss, and that is including the sales conversation or the sales process and the customer journey. They don't give the flexibility or the agility or empower the sales team to adapt. Like you may need to reorder elements of the customer journey to suit customer A versus customer V. Um, but I don't think they've that many companies have closed the gap or enabled the communication to just say, hey, this is the flexibility I need to make this deal happen. And these are the tools I need to support it. Yeah. Yes. And what marketing, you know, and I always stress this too, is you can cookie cut marketing and it's not going to work but you really got to keep marketing personal and personal to that end customer. So if you have to, you know, you can 
cookie cut a special package for a customer, but each package has to be specialized per customer. So, I mean, you can have those overarching, you know, pieces or resources, but you inside that resource, you have to have it personalized. How has your personal brand helped with that? You know, I'm still so new to this, right? Like on the sales side, I'm yet still to even hit a one-year mark. Um, so all my experience comes from the marketing side. But luckily, I had those mentors on the sales side who I appreciate greatly who were able to kind of pull me in and really, really show me that. So, you know, from a personal brand standpoint, I think people understand that I come from both sides of the business. And so there's a little bit of trust factor there with the personal brand. But, you know, I'm still, you know, new to to the world. Um, and so you can't, you know, you can't be cocky about it. You know, you can be confident in what you know and, and what you've experienced. But, you know, customers love honesty and they love the truth. And if that's what you're doing, it's going to help your personal brand, whether it's big or you're just starting out. Everybody loves a humble sales guy. <laughs> you know, it, it's we it's it's so weird because, you know, obviously people out there in the world think salespeople have big egos. And I won't deny that you to be successful in sales, you have to have a little bit of an ego because it'll get you far. But you can't let that ego go so far that you just start making your customers very mad. They don't want to work with you because in the helicopter world, Chris, I, I mean, even in the military helicopter world, it is a small community Very. and it, it spreads like a virus. I mean, it's the opinion, you know, people have of you will get out very, very fast. For sure. I, I love like, I'm like, I'm smiling so big on the inside that everything you talked about, about the, the customer journey and making things customized. Cause I think people to, traditionally in our industry, again, like they're, they're still early to figuring out this, the social media, the marketing thing. And yes, while they're doing enough to come to the table with, with table stakes, I, I like to say, like to do things and to really excel, like you had mentioned, Colin, I think a lot of people are falling short because one, they haven't documented that customer journey that you mentioned for each different customer segment. It hasn't been personalized. And then they try to provide cookie cutter solutions, as you had mentioned, for that. And then again, as you mentioned, as, as people are spending significant amounts of money on a product or service, right? Like, you know, the content that you're delivering to build that trust, I feel like should parallel, again, that commitment from from the customer. Again, I, I think there's a lot of things that fall short when people try to deliver that same value and that same customer experience online as opposed to, to in person. I mean, you guys have a, a lot of great things going on, but what's your opinion on on the online value, customer experience versus, you know, the in-person stuff and maybe the disconnect there for, parts of our industry? Oh, you know, it's huge. You know, and one of the things that we use at Bell is it's kind of become my great friend right now is we have this little configurator thing, right? Like think of a car brand, you can go online and you can build your car and then it'll spit it out because you put your address, your zip code, and it'll send it to the nearest dealership in your area, which is great, you know, but on the helicopter side, because a helicopter, like I like to call it, it's like your fingerprint, right? Every helicopter is different. different but you still need to be able to have that online tool for that person that is just in those beginning stages of thinking about a product, you know, having a configurator where they can really start those creative wheels turning and then you get that information. So when I get that configurator information, I'm like, oh, this is the perfect time because their creative juices are flowing right now. It doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna buy, but because they're using that tool and I know they used it, it's really cool to be able to 
you know, kickstart that and really just start having that conversation with the customer about creativity on what you can do with the product. Um, so being able to have those resources online and readily available and making sure they're good resources, you know, you can have a bad configurator and it's going to make a customer mad. You can have a great <laughs> configurator and it's really going to help that process. Um, so I know a lot of our Textron brands use that type of technology online. And I think it really, really helps customers and why all our businesses have really, really good brand loyalty. It's just because of the resources. Now, are we 100% perfect? Absolutely not. We're still working. We're still building. Um, but things are getting better. But the customer sees that and they appreciate that. For sure. And, and the again, as you mentioned, the data that you're able to gather from that allows you to be more prepared. So as a sales guy, you know, you've had the you, you're you're taking the marketing data, and as a sales guy, you're taking that intel and providing a better customer experience to prospects and leads and all that stuff because you're prepared. You're you're speaking their language and you're you're pulling on the heartstrings of what they they want as opposed to just coming at them with a shotgun approach or something completely out of left field where now you've you've ruined that customer experience. So I so so many good things, Colin. It's funny. It's one of the most fundamental skills I think people ignore is listening. Like a good salesperson will always listen to the prospect and try to give them the opportunity to get exactly what they want. But so many businesses undervalue the digital listening, like that footprint and the signals that are being given to you to help make the website better, to make the product offering better, like to consistently evolve that customer experience from every touch point. Even just looking at like social comments and LinkedIn, there's a goldmine of information and data and feedback that most companies just ignore. And it could be as easy as going to a competitor's post and looking at what they're saying. They're going to give you the pulse of what they're frustrated with. Like there's so much good information out there that's readily accessible if we just slow down and looked in the right places. Yeah, I mean, that is so right. And in this digital age and what, and what the customers do themselves, right? So like on our Bell 505, out on Facebook, there's a Bell 505 Jet Ranger X Facebook group. And it's people who operate on them, fly them, own them, or just fans of the aircraft. And it's a lot of people from the industry. And we, Bell has, you know, taken the step of not really, you know, engaging too much and trying to hand handhold people and tell them what to say. It's been a great listening ground for the company to be able to watch and learn. And we have, you know, employees of Bell active in that group to be able to help these people. You know, we want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly, because we want to be able to make it better in the long run. But you can't do that if you're policing a website. So instead, Bell's been really good about just sitting back and listening, mm -hmm. you know, and then because of that and the fact that this little aircraft creates kind of a family it's really really weird all these customers are like a little family and they have a little customer owners group and they talk about training techniques and their you know the do's and don'ts about the aircraft what they love about the aircraft what they don't like and there's a few high level folks at bell that are a part of this group and they listen and then they go tell the company what they're doing so you know I, i've given huge props to Bell and what they've done in the past and how they've really improved some of that customer journey, you know, because there was a time where it kind of, you can even see the surveys in the history, it kind of went down a little bit and Bell said, okay, we were always number one in customer service and customer satisfaction. We're going to take about 24 months to really, really improve this. And because of, you know, all that listening, it's gone, you know, it's the trajectory is starting to go back up again and customers, they see it.
that that's awesome that you guys have have recognized and have utilized you know the digital tools which are these platforms you know to actually listen and interpret you know analyze and, and action the data that you're getting and i i think that's why again i love doing what we do doug and and colin again like this is so awesome having this conversation with you because you know to hear from somebody like in their own company in their own vertical you know deploying a lot of the stuff that we're preaching to really help them move the needle in their business and not so much focus on like vanity metrics and of those things like that is that is such a feel-good feeling you know to hear from somebody like yourself that's out there that's that their company's doing amazing things that you're doing amazing things and i'm just super excited to see you know as you continue to blossom in the sales vertical for you like your career just take off from here yeah and you know i'll leave it as i think the next two years are going to be super important for some of these big oems you know selling into kind of that smaller commercial space to the private buyer and how they navigate these two years, I think is really gonna set the trajectory on those next 10 years. I, I really believe that. Yeah. And then to, to piggyback just off of that, what is for somebody, you know, whether they're in sales or they're in marketing or, you know, they're maybe they're an OEM or some other manufacturer, some other supplier, just any, anybody in our ecosystem that is starting to get on board with realizing the value in digital marketing and the internet, what's one piece of advice you would give them um, that maybe you would have given yourself getting into this? I would say first watch and listen, maybe find other people who are already successful at doing this. Um, watch what they're doing, you know, because there's a lot of techniques and things that you can learn from people who are already successful at this. I mean, it doesn't, you don't even have to look at somebody in aviation. You know, if I'm going to look at somebody in aviation, I'm going to look at my good friend, Mindy Lindheim over in Georgia, who's a absolute rock star at using the social world to connect with people. And it's ultimately turned into a new position that she gets to make, you know, all this cool content for her company uh, to be able to, to push sales. And now she's kind of going the other opposite side, right? She's going from sales to the other Marketing. side. <laughs> um, but, you know, because she has that skill set, I would say, hey, go watch what she's doing, because I do. You know, and I watch other entrepreneurs and leaders, you know, in social content to see what they're doing and how they interact with people, because you're ultimately you're really, you know, you're really going to learn. And then that second step is obviously, you know, that humbleness to to understand that you're not going to be the best right away. You know, it's going to take time. It's going to take reps. Just like if you're an athlete, you don't get good right away. You learn the process and you get better. And then I would say third, you know, to be successful in, in utilizing the resources that you've learned have been taught or have been given by people is don't be afraid to do something wrong or don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, like you guys know, one content might fall flat on its face one day. And then 12 months later, you might kill it and it might get a million views, but you're going to take 10 failures to get a success. So you can't be afraid of doing the wrong thing because it's ultimately going to teach you a lesson that could help you get to the to the right thing and if you're always afraid of failing you're probably never going to try enough to be able to hit that one thing that's really going to set your success forward yeah this was this was so awesome colin thank you um you know to kind of summarize one helicopter pilots are the superior pilots thank you for, for validating that colin and then again <laughs> you know for everybody again colin hodges 505 bell sales rep 
um, talked about how, you know, make sure that you're, you're documenting that customer journey, you're personalizing it, realizing that this whole marketing and the sales cycle, especially with our high ticket items in our industry that we offer, you know, it's, it's not an overnight success. We know that you have to put in the time and the effort to build that trust, to, to build those relationships. And that ultimately helps further the, the lifetime value of the customer. Cause Colin, you had mentioned how bell, you know, customer satisfaction survey, and you guys have brand loyalty. I mean, that is, that stuff's invaluable at that point. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your world on it. Where can people follow you online? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I would say the vast majority of the time I love photography and video. So you'll probably find me most of the time on there. It's at Hodge, H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. Uh, you can find me at Twitter on the same, uh, same handle. Obviously Colin Hodges on LinkedIn. Um, I, I think there's many Colin Hodges, so there's not really a tag <laughs> for it, but just search me and I'm sure you'll see my face and my title um, on there. I'm on Clubhouse now too. Don't really know if anybody really uses that too much. Um, I'm still in the listening phase there before I try putting out content. So still learning um, more about that. Obviously, you can find me on Facebook. I'm active uh, in some of those uh, helicopter and aviation groups. Um, and I think aviation is really, really good on Facebook. Uh, some good, some bad. Yeah. But the aviation community really utilizes Facebook really, really well. So if you're someone new coming into this industry or even marketing, go look at Facebook groups because it's amazing the things you'll learn um, and you'll see. Um, yeah, and feel free, shoot me a DM on any platform. I always answer my messages, just like Chris and I, we talk all the time. I'm always there. I will never ignore a DM. It doesn't matter the type of question. I will always give a response. For sure. And we'll put all your, your contact information again in the post. Um, Colin, hopefully I'll see you at HAI, if not sooner. Um, other than that, thank you so much for coming on today. So many, so many golden nuggets. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Colin. Hey man, I appreciate it. and really appreciate the opportunity to be on your guys' show today. Awesome. All right. Take care, care, everybody. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know I did. I mean, we talked everything from personal branding to, to what I do, uh, into, to really how to be successful, uh, in the aviation world. Um, and I don't claim to be perfect. I'm not a master. I'm not a guru. Um, I was just giving, you know, my opinions based on what I've personally experienced and how I feel about them. Um, but that was an awesome conversation with Chris and Doug. I really appreciate them, um, allowing me to be a guest on the marketing at 30,000 feet, uh, podcast and live show. So thank you, Chris and Doug for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, and if you guys like that episode, make sure head over social media. Uh, you can reach me at, at Hodge H O D G E underscore C H E. So it's kind of a little play on my last name and my initials. Uh, feel free, go follow the podcast at Ave Geek, Ave Geek Chronicles podcast. Um, or please, guys, again, as I always say, please go give the podcast a five-star rating uh, and a comment if you truly enjoyed this episode uh, and let the world know because that's the only way we get this podcast better. Uh, and honestly, that's how we lift the podcast up. So please and thank you. I, I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, um, the fact that you would go over, uh, leave a rating and a comment, uh, regardless of what you think, because if it's good, I appreciate it. And if it's bad, I appreciate it too, because that's how uh, we get this podcast better. But thank you so much. And thanks again to uh, to Chris and Doug for bringing me on to the marketing at 30,000 feet. That was super fun. Uh, that was my first ever guest appearance uh, on a podcast and live show. And I was happy to bring it to you guys today. But next time, 
I'm bringing back the old faithful. I have another episode, great episode for you guys next week. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you've been following this gentleman on Instagram, you guys probably know who I'm talking about. But him and I have gotten to know each other very, very well over the last couple of years. Uh, we've connected a lot. We talk a lot on Instagram. We, Whenever we can get to events in, per, uh, in, in person, uh, we always chat with each other. But I am super stoked to bring back the Ask the Ad Geek show next week with a very special guest. So make sure you tune in. You don't want to miss it. And we will see you next time on the Ad Geek Chronicles podcast. See you.